As part of Ivy's new masterclass series, Ivy members in Miami learned not only how to become great leaders, but authentic leaders. Hearing from the academic director of the Leadership Institute at the University of Miami Business School, Cheryl Alonzo, members were treated to an in-depth talk that guided them on their path to professional development as authentic leaders who not only built successful teams, but make a difference when doing so. It's all part of this Ivy podcast. Enjoy. Okay, so I'll start off on top of Hans' questions. So he tricked you a little bit because the first time he asked, he said, what trait is the biggest trait of a leader? And the second time he asked you, he said, what qualities of a good leader? So all of you came up with great qualities of a good leader. Actually, traits are somewhat different than qualities, and they actually have done research on what trait is the number one trait associated with leadership. And the answer is extroversion. So, um, but if you're an introvert, don't worry. There are great leaders that are introverts, and there's even an excellent book called Quiet. So if you find that you have a tendency to be quieter and more of an introvert, I'd highly recommend reading that book. The rest that have high extroversion, um, which many of you must that you come to social events like this, so you're probably already have the number one trait. But yes, all those qualities you described do make good leaders. And um, interestingly, he led right into my lecture, which is on authentic leadership. So I titled it, Get Real, Finding the Authentic Leader Within You. Um, so when we talk about authenticity, and I laugh because the definition of authenticity is the act of being authentic. Well, that doesn't seem to tell us much using the same word. So if you look at the synonyms of authenticity, you get the feel of what an authentic leader is. So some of the um, synonyms are being genuine, legitimate, uh, bona fides, uh, truth, trustworthiness, reliability. And it seemed like several of the groups did come up with some of these qualities. So those are some of the qualities of an authentic leader. So um, authentic leadership really does have a lot of um, buzz in the media, and people are really looking for authentic leaders. So the interest is really, really high, and they think um, one of the reasons for this is in recent times, We've had a few untrustworthy leaders. We've seen a lot of big ethical breaches in leadership these days. Um, so people are really longing to have a trustworthy and authentic leaders. So um, this, was, um, this concept was identified earlier as part of transformational leadership but it hadn't been studied separately. But um, more recent times, people have really been trying to study authentic leadership 
and they continue to find more evidence-based uh, research on this. So um, if we look back um, through the past year or so, these are some of the top uh, scandals. And these are the people that are making us want more authentic leaders. Um, so um, the first one I put was United Airlines. And I'm sure everyone remembers that incident where they actually dragged, uh, I believe he was a physician, dragged him, banged his head on a, um, one of the arms, he started bleeding, his glasses were askew, and dragged him off the flight. Um, so the leader of United um, did apologize, um, but didn't really take that big of ownership for this incident. And then the next biggest scandal, or most recent, is uh, the sexual harassment cases. And the list goes on and on and on. I've listed a few. And um, certainly, it started this whole Me Too movement. So people are really not um, too happy about our leaders that are um, engaging in that behavior. Uh, we've had a lot of scandals in Uber. And every time you turned around, there was another scandal with Uber. Um, this led to really giving up a big portion of their business to Lyft because of these scandals. Uh, they did get a new CEO, and um, from what I read, it seems like they're bet on a better track. Um, others are Equifax, who's supposed to protect our information. Um, they had a big incident. Um, we all know about Facebook scandals, that here they're selling our information to Russia. So certainly that's not a great thing. Um, Samsung had bribery charges. Wells Fargo, now um, they were actually making fake accounts that you had a bank account with them and they were opening fake accounts in your name. And this was um, rampant throughout the organization. And what did the leaders say? We didn't know about it. We didn't. It was the lower. Yeah, we didn't know about it. It was the lower level. Well, first of all, do you think they knew about it? They were probably promoting this behavior. And if they didn't know it, Shame on them, because they're not a good leader if it could be so rampant and they don't know about it. So um, they really tried to reorganize, but only dug their woes deeper and started doing even worse things. So um, certainly not led by authentic or trustworthy leaders. And then um, even Apple. Apple purposely slowed down their iPhones because the batteries would last longer. So some of you might not have even known your phones were actually slowed down. So these kinds of incidents really have pushed companies and people to want authentic leaders. Okay, so um, looking at the definition when you look through research, what is an authentic leader? And it's leadership that's based on your self-concept, uh, self 
and how that actually relates to your actions. It does rely on the life story of the leader, which we'll talk about that. And um, there's three characteristics of authentic leaders. The first is genuine. Their genuine leadership. The second, authentic leaders lead from convictions. And thirdly, your authentic leaders are originals and not copies. So it's hard to replicate an authentic leader. Uh, when I teach leadership, I always say, authentic, uh, leaders, um, it's not one size fits all. That leaders come in many sizes, shapes. I learned this early in my career. I actually, um, I started my career as a nurse and then worked my way up, got an MBA, and ended up in academics. Um, but early in my career, when I was a director, I had maybe eight direct reports with about 20 units under them. And one of my direct reports would go up to the doctors and slap them on the back and say, how the, using the F word, are you doing? And I was like totally appalled, like how could, you know, how could she be behaving like that? So I'm trying to counsel her and through her performance appraisal, try to get that behavior different. And then I realized she's doing a great job. Even though she spoke to the doctors in this method, they respected her. And she was able to influence others, even with a way that was totally not my style. So I um, learned that lesson that all leaders aren't alike. And um, through authentic leadership, you do have to be an original. And we'll talk a little more about that in the breakout sessions. Okay, so our authentic leadership, the definition includes two parts. Our interpersonal, and some of the groups in um, the initial opening talked about that you needed to have good working relations with others, and that's your interpersonal. How well do you work with others? So that's one component. And the second component is our developmental. Our developmental starts where we're born. So where are some of the places, our audience, where were you born? I was born in Chicago. Anyone from Chicago? No. Where were you born? Dominican Republic. Washington. Seattle, have a few from Miami. Italy, okay. So um, that started your path of who you are, where you're born. I'm actually listening, um, I listen to books on tape. I'm listening to Leonardo da Vinci. What a great book. Um, and he was um, born in Florence. And certainly that had an influence who he became. So we start with our birth, our life as we're growing up. Where did you go to school? What experiences did you happen, um, happen in your life? And on through our careers. Now, what school did you go to? The U certainly has had an impact on my life. So all the Canes raise their hands. 
So we have a few, so welcome. So certainly that influenced my life. I went for an MBA at UM. I was a hospital vice president when I stepped down from my job as a hospital vice president, UM invited me to teach. I never in a million years thought this girl that was born in Melrose Park, Illinois, would be a college professor. That was never in what I thought my life story would be. So certainly our school shapes us, what jobs you have. Um, many of you are young professionals in a job. You may be going back to school. You may be in a growth that you'll change jobs. But all of those things add to our story. And what happens to us in our personal life? I have a student who is an amazing student, and her story defines her. So she had childhood cancer, and um, it was misdiagnosed for over a year, so they didn't think she was going to make it. Um, miraculously, she did do well. And Hyundai asked her to be a spokesperson because they support uh, causes for childhood cancer. So she traveled for an entire year when she was only 12 years old, raising money for, uh, for childhood cancer with Hyundai. And then um, she actually um, helped push forth legislature for childhood cancer drugs. Um, so that has certainly shaped her. So anything in your life that really has made an impact is what made you, you, makes you an authentic leader and makes you that original. So we will talk about that more. Okay, so there's four components of authentic leadership. The first is self-awareness. So you really have to know about yourself. How can you lead others if you don't know about you? So any opportunities you can to learn more about yourself. Um, there's a million assessments you can take. I talked about the extroversion, introversion factor, which is part of the Myers-Briggs framework. So how many have taken your Myers-Briggs temperament sorter? So about half. So you know some about your own, those are traits, some of the traits that you might have. Certainly there's other traits like the ones you don't want, Machiavellianism. So there are some traits that aren't good, some traits that are good. Um, but certainly learning more about yourself makes you a better leader. So any opportunity you can to improve yourself. Uh, some companies, it's very popular to provide executive coaching. If your company provides that, by all means take advantage of it. It's extremely expensive. It's a big time commitment on the person doing the coaching and the one being coached. But anytime you can, find more about yourself. It'll make you a better leader. So um, the next part of authentic leadership is an internalized moral compass. And many of the groups at the beginning, when you were looking and talking with um, those sitting around you, looked at 
you need to be trustworthy to be a leader. Um, they say that people are guided by a moral compass. So if you have this nagging feeling that this doesn't sound quite right, your moral compass is probably telling you the right thing to do. Um, of course, a lot of factors go into being ethical and trustworthy. And certainly, sometimes we're faced with dilemmas that are ethical. And both ways aren't quite right, but you may have to face a choice of which direction you'll go, and neither seem 100% right. Um, but certainly, try to use your moral compass. Um, the next is balanced processing. And um, how many came straight from work today? About three quarters of us. And um, how many, I know we have several that are going to school and working. How many of those? Several of those. How many have families? Most of us have families, maybe they're not here, but all those things are vying for our attention. And we want to give 100% to everything, but it's nearly impossible with the busy lives we lead. And we're always busier and busier and busier. Did we have anyone from Mexico? Okay, so do you know that people in Mexico work more hours per year than any other country in the world. I didn't know, but it sounds familiar. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was shocked. What about the others? Would you have expected it to be Mexico? No. I thought, oh, you know, I would have guessed China or maybe Japan, and um, those are high on the list. Uh, the US, I mean, I work a gazillion hours, don't you? So I thought the US would be way up there. No, we're maybe in the top third, towards the top quarter. So we do work hard in the US. But Mexico, so you're working so hard that you really don't have time for some of those other things. So you want to, as an authentic leader, have balanced processing. And then um, the last is your relational transparency. And how many of you work in companies that say they're transparent? Okay, now keep your hand up. How many actually are transparent? So a few, I think UM tries, but with 15,000 employees, it could take a while for that information to trickle down. Um, but certainly in your own relations as a leader, you want to try to be transparent. You want to be open and honest. And transparency is one of the top factors in trust. And certainly you want to trust your leaders. How many have had leaders that you didn't trust? So those that didn't raise your hands, you're very fortunate. Um, out of every 10 leaders, how many do they say are good leaders? 
out of 10. Several saying two, some saying one. It's, it's three. They might not be great, but can you imagine out of every 10 bosses you have, seven are going to be bad. For the undergrads, I actually call one of my lectures Psycho Leaders from Hell. <laughs> because certainly we've all had to deal with one of those. So hopefully there's none in this room. Okay, so um, certainly with authentic leadership, we're at the crossroads of integrity, respect, ethics, and honesty. And this chart um, goes through the four components we just discussed and then gives a better definition. So your self-awareness is the degree that you're aware of your strengths and limitations and not only being aware of yourself, but how do you impact others? And certainly this includes your communication skills, your emotional intelligence, really important. And you'll have some leaders that can't read others. So they're doing something and can't read that the others aren't too happy. So that's the first um, component. The second is transparency, which um, do you really reinforce this level of openness amongst your followers? The third is uh, your moral compass, and you set, set high standards. Are you a good role model? And then the balanced um, processing, not only with your own time, but with your people. How do you balance working with them? Do you invite discourse? Do you tell them, I want your ideas? Do you listen? So listening, a good component of that. So um, these are the four uh, components that make you an authentic leader. So um, Bill George actually is um, really, he's recognized as pushing authentic leadership forward and getting it more recognized. So he wrote a book on authentic leadership. So he's considered kind of, he's not really the father of authentic leadership, but really felt to know a lot about authentic leadership. So he said the characteristics understand their purpose as a leader, um, have strong values themselves, really build strong, trusting relations with their followers, their disciplines, they um, exercise self-discipline, and they act from the heart. So um, this is, um, it really started with Bill George, and this was in a book, but it looks at uh, what the authentic leader has, purpose, values, relationship, self-discipline, and heart and how you can exercise or show them is first your purpose and showing passion. How many feel passionate about your job? Wow, 
isn't this wonderful? Almost everyone raised their hand. And I always tell people, we are in our workspace more than any aspect of our life. We like to think we're at home and family. However, that part of our life is really fragmented, doing a lot of things, cleaning, cooking, shopping, still seeing your friends, seeing the family. So in your life, your work is your number one aspect, filling your time. So you better love what you do and be passionate about it. And if you feel you don't have that passion, maybe you should find a different job that um, you want to have something you're passionate about. So are you passionate about your job? Absolutely. Great. What do you do? Uh, I work for Cruise Lines in marketing. Which cruise line? Marketing analytics. Oh. So I'm on like the, what marketing's working, not the pretty pictures part of marketing. But I love the cruise space. I love selling people's vacation dreams. I love making it all come true. And then increasing the, the company's bottom line. And as a shareholder, that makes me very happy. Yes. And I'm glad you used the word dreams. Yeah. And we say my life is better than my dreams. So that's a, a good space to be in. So, um, so show your passion, our values, how you act and behave, our relationship, connectedness to others, never more the important that it is in today's world. Self-discipline, be consistent, and um, compassion. Lead from the heart by showing compassion to others. Okay, so a little more about our life events. So we talked about our life events that shape us and help shape the authentic leaders we become. So um, the life events could be positive or negative. I just taught a, a managing through people course, who one of my students is here, um, who's a member of Ivy for two years. She tells me that it's a great organization. And um, when you talk about leaders, so for their final project, their final exam, they had to write about a leader. And interestingly, some, some of those leaders faced such hardships and overcame such obstacles, or several of them were terrible students, and yet they became a leader that was so admirable that someone wanted to write about them and learn more about them. So it's not just the good things that shape us. Our bad experiences can shape us too. Um, several of the leaders actually had been fired. Uh, one was Anna Wintour, and she had been fired early in her career. And she says, Every, everyone should be fired once because it helps shape you. I think you'll be okay if you didn't get fired, so don't try for it. I wouldn't recommend trying that. Um, but so just these good and bad things um, shape us. And many of these events are a catalyst for change. So that's good. And then we attach insights to these events that build us. And um, when you tell your stories, it actually can build your character and make you a stronger leader. 
So that's one of the things we're going to do in a minute when we break out. And all these experiences then stimulate our personal growth and um, build on us. They always say it builds character. Okay, so um, now I'm just going to talk briefly about the research because I'm sure you don't want to hear about research. You want to know how this applies. So um, there's um, some division amongst the researchers, which I'll talk about momentarily. But first, I'll talk about some of the strengths of this model. So first of all, as I said, society wants authentic leaders because of all these bad leaders we're seeing. So this helps fulfill our need for that. It does um, provide guidelines for people that want to become better leaders, so it's good for that. Um, it does have this moral dimension, um, and there's a couple other uh, leadership theories that do have that dimension. And this one I highlighted because it's very important. Unlike many of the theories, you could actually learn this theory. So anyone can become a more authentic leader. And there are tools that are well established that actually measure your authentic leaders, leadership. However, on the flip side, there's some criticism of this theory still. One of the big criticisms from researchers is that there's not enough research on it yet. So there are more research studies coming along. Also, um, the moral dimension is unclear. And uh, this is one of the interesting um, factors. I believe, and when I study this, I believe you need that strong moral character. Other researchers believe what it means is that you say what you think, whether you're moral or not, that you like call a spade a spade. So I believe you do need that moral character as well, but that's one of the debates amongst the people that uh, the researchers debating this. And um, one thing that hasn't been researched enough, if you, if you have a leader that really rates high as an authentic leader, does this actually give your company better performance? And how would you rate performance in companies? Dollars, certainly one. Morale or job satisfaction. Turnover, retention. So if you measure, is your company run by an authentic leader or have more authentic leaders in your company, can you see results? Do you have a better company? And the research in that is still developing. So they're not sure of that connection. Um, and I told you already, does authentic need to have this moral component? So in applying this, uh, people do have the capacity to become authentic leaders. Um, your HR department may be able to actually foster authentic leadership by having lectures similar to this, 
um, have them do deliberate practice of being authentic leaders. And um, mostly leaders are trying to do the right thing. You, I don't know of any leader who says, oh, I'm trying to run this company into the ground, or I'm trying to make my um, followers unhappy or dissatisfied. So mostly leaders are trying to do the right thing. Um, and then lastly, we're shaped by these critical events. Okay, so uh, we're gonna look at ways that you can help shape yourselves as authentic leaders. So how can you de uh, develop this? So all of you just evaluated some of your critical life events. You may wanna shape that out a little more uh, fully after the session and look, hey, what else really shaped me and made me who I am? Um, the next thing I say is mimic others or don't. And the way I put it this way is we learn from bad examples as much as we learn from good examples. So when you have those good examples and find someone, wow, my boss is doing this, it's so great, mimic those behaviors. Um, adopt those as some of your own behaviors. Then when you have those other bosses, remember we said there's about seven to every 10 you'll have that are doing things and you're thinking in your mind, I can't believe they're doing this. And of course, don't mimic those. You'll shape your own behaviors in ways that I would never do that if I'm leading others. So use those examples as well. Um, next, remember, demonstrate your own self-discipline. Being authentic, being that moral compass, being that um, good role model for others. Next, discover and build on your strengths. And this is an interesting concept, and I'm sure all of you know the SWOT analysis. And you're supposed to analyze a company looking at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. But have you ever thought of evaluating your own SWOT analysis? And often we look at our strengths and our weaknesses, and we'll try to improve our weaknesses. And they say often our weaknesses is going to be a weakness. If it's not holding you back, just ignore your weakness and build on your strengths. So try to take uh, analysis of yourself. Look at your strengths, look at your weaknesses. If the weakness is so horrible that you're not gonna get ahead, you're not gonna be satisfied in your work, yes, then work on it. But concentrate more on your strengths because your strengths are what really people are looking at and what make you a better leader. So look at your strengths. Um, certainly you could look at opportunities and threats that might be in the way of getting you ahead or threats that are really limiting your leadership. Okay, so other things you can do, build those relations. And this organization, the Ivy, is a good way for you to build relations. 
I'm sure you do networking while you're Hello, okay. Uh, networking while you're here, you build relationships at work. Never has this been more important. So build those relationships. Uh, next, have courage in your leadership. And it's easy to be smooth, try not to ruffle feathers, but it's the courageous leaders who really stand out. So in your courage, take some risks that sometimes taking risks can help you in your leadership. Next, practice what I call neutral honesty. And this is with your followers that um, you're trying to develop. And as leaders, they say you should spend about 40% of your time developing others, mentor, different factors of development. But what I mean by neutral honesty is tell someone when they're doing something that's wrong. And certainly, you could put in a way to build them and it help them improve. But don't let things slide under the rug. So many uh, leaders are guilty of, they know someone's doing something wrong, but they don't tell them or start screaming about at them for doing something wrong. So neutral honesty is calling a spade a spade, saying this behavior affects others in this way. I can't tell you how many performance appraisals when I was the hospital VP, um, you had to be a five. We had this a Likert scale and you judge the um, individuals on this Likert scale. And to be a five meant it had to have vice president approval. <laughs> Everyone seemed to be fives. Like, isn't there any differentiation amongst your staff? But people are afraid to say when someone's doing something wrong. Or, like I said, the opposite. Some managers or leaders just start screaming at their employees. Um, another thing is, think about who is paying your paycheck. So your first loyalty should be to them. And in so many companies, there's so, many back, so much backstabbing and talking bad about your leader. So you're contributing to the problem if you do that. So try to consider where your loyalty is, and it should be to your company who's paying your paycheck. If they're so bad at, top, at the top that you want to badmouth them, maybe you're not in the right place. Um, so remember that. Where does your loyalty uh, lie? And if they're paying your paycheck, your loyalty should be to the company. Um, next, embrace self-compassion. We're often very hard on ourselves and um, think of the bad things about ourselves, but you have to be nice to yourself before you can be nice to others. So um, everybody give yourselves a little pat on the back and think of something great you did today or this week. And then lastly, lead from the heart and be compassionate towards others. Think of their personal lives. We have so many things going on in our lives that are affecting us that think of others, put yourself in their shoes. 
Now, this can backfire because every once in a while you're so nice and compassionate that one person starts walking all over you. So beware, be aware of that. And you might need the long, long rope, short rope theory, but try to lead with compassion. Think what others are going through and help that leadership um, guide you, your heart. Okay, so um, some practice pointers. Um, find and practice a healthy work-life balance. This is one of my weaknesses. And fortunately, I did change careers um, so early in my teaching career so I could be home at, uh, with my children when they were small. And I was just so fortunate that this wonderful job fell in my lap. So the first um, many years I was teaching, I would go into the university, teach my class, go home, do my planning and grading at home, and was able to be there for my family. So now that my children are grown, now I've gotten into the really bad work-life balance mode. And I'll show you some charts about work-life balance in a minute. Um, but you're, I always tell leaders to do this. And in a university, it's a little um, challenging, as it really is in a hospital that runs 24-7. How many work in a job that you work 24-7, or your organization does? So there are a few. So that makes it even more challenging. Most people work more Monday through Friday type jobs, so it should be a little easier. At the university, to teach in these great MBA and Master of Science and Leadership programs, we actually have classes. I start one October 15th, 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. Who wants to take classes then? Who wants to teach then? No, but I am. Also, we have classes on Saturdays and Sundays. And the final exam was Friday night. I'm like, are you kidding me? Friday night, I sure whipped them into shape and made them speed through that two hours. And the other class was there till 11 p.m. Um, so Lauren knows she was in that class. But they followed my instructions so smoothly that we had 40 speeches in two hours. So while wow, they had to have their talks down. Um, so I'll show you a chart about work-life balance in a minute. Another thing that you could do, and I challenge all of you to do this this week, thank each person on your team for contributing to high performance. So thank your teammates. It doesn't have to be your followers. It could be your boss. It could be your coworkers. Thank people. What an easy thing. And then I always say this, never underestimate the power of a personal note. And it's something so easy and simple, and it goes such a long way for people respecting you and feeling good about you. And it could just be jotted down on a little note card 
Or it could be more formal, like a typed out you know, letter. If they've really done something fabulous, type it out and say, we're putting this in your file. And what happens to the file? No one ever looks at it, but they still feel so good. It's in my file. Um, but write personal notes. Um, apparently, George Bush, Bush Sr. would do that, write personal notes. And the people that work for, that, for him just took such pride in getting one of those notes. So it's a really little thing that you can do that really goes a long way in making your um, teammates, your followers really respect you and trust you and feel good about you. Um, so hopefully you'll get a personal note. How many have gotten a personal note in the last year? Oh, good. Awesome. Can I say yours? This is my daughter who came to support me and she runs her own business. She's a publisher. Um, the company is now a franchise, but she wasn't a franchisee when she started. And the owner of the company, tell them. So um, we're neighborhood publications across the country. So um, half of my job is uh, selling ads. So if you, are in, if you are one of the top 10 people, in the country um, on the sales report that week, the owner of the company, the owner of this franchise, writes a personal note to you and mails it to the mail. So um, every time you get on that list, like, I'm like, oh, Earl can write me a note today. It's like, you know, it, it's something really simple and easy, but it makes you feel really good. So I hope that you'll pass that on and write some nice, personal notes this week and keep that in mind as you move on in your career and I just reminded myself to write my assistant one okay so ask yourself what have I done today to demonstrate the values that I hold close so you could keep this ask yourself that every so often ask yourself what have I done to improve my authentic leadership? Um, you might want to share some of this with your teammates and ask them to reflect on it as well. And remember, with authentic leadership, that practice does make perfect, and you can get better at it. So do practice some of these tips. So I wanted to show you in that work-life balance that um, this is the um, average American for people that are employed, so it's the US, in ages 25 to 54 with children. So these are the averages, about 8.6 hours a day working. How many like me work way more than that? We're not good role models. Um, sleep. 7.6 hours? I'm dreaming, right? Um, caring for others, 1.2. Leisure and sports, 2.6. I don't get 2.6 a day there. 
Um, household activities, never enough time for that. I don't think I spend one hour a day, though. Um, eating and drinking, 1.1 hour. Boy, we're eating fast. How many are eating at your desk often? Bad role models. Okay, so for our cultural values, think of your own cultural values within your organization. It could be within your country. And consider your own cultural values and those at your workplace. Are those aligned or not? And I'm happy to say uh, UM has very strong cultural values. And I do feel that my um, cultural values are aligned with theirs. Um, couple words of caution with authentic leadership. Um, being true to yourself. And with that, the caution is, which self? We have many different hats. We have many different selves. And which ones are you being true to? So for instance, if you have small children, are you being a workaholic and being true to your work self and not your home, your maybe mother or father self? So think of your different selves and which you're being true to. Um, also, sometimes you lose credibility if you maintain such strict coherence between what you feel and what you do and say. So take that as a caution. And um, making values-based choices. When you move into bigger and bigger roles, our values are shaped by our past experiences. Um, for instance, you might have really tight control over the budget details. And um, that might not be giving others the empowerment to grow, for instance. So be careful with those three things. Um, this is my very favorite authentic leader, Leonard Abbas. He was the past chairman of the Board of Trustees at University of Miami. So I like him for that too, but that's not why I really like him. He sold his bank in 2009. He gave $60 million of his own money to the employees that were present employees and the employees that worked there before, like, and had retired. And only him and one other person knew about this and decided who got what money based on how long you were there and the value he thought that you gave to be building his um, bank. Uh, this is his quote. I never once thought that this, um, that this success was, you know, about me. Um, he remains the chairman and CEO after he sold the bank. He said he knows what success is about. It's about 400 wonderful, decent people. When I sold the bank, I didn't want the money. So I gave 60 million of it to my employees and I feel really good about it. And he was invited to the White House for recognition after that very authentic deed. Um, 
quickly, um, certainly Martin Luther King is thought of by everyone as an authentic leader. Um, th this is someone I wouldn't count as very authentic. Um, Mark Fields, he was the president of Ford Motor from 2005 to 2015. Um, certainly they had to eliminate jobs because they were going through, the uh, automobile industry was going through very rough times, uh, was about one-fifth of the workforce. They had to close 14 plants. Um, but while doing this, he um, stressed the sense of urgency by saying change or die, what he called the initiative. And he also, for the people that were left, wanted to um, eliminate or cut back on their health benefits, all while giving himself a $2.3 million bonus. And he lived here in Delray Beach, but was flying back and forth on a personal jet because all the workers were in Detroit. So I wouldn't consider that too authentic. Um, now, interestingly, um, many consider Steve Jobs authentic. I don't because of um, many of these, like um, he worked early on at Atari and he didn't really know how to program this game he was making them. And Atari gave them a very tight deadline. So Steve Wozniak was the one who really got this done. Yet, and Atari gave him a huge bonus and he never told uh, Wozniak about the bonus and kept it all for himself. Um, other people that actually helped him start the company, when the company went public, he didn't give them a dime. Um, and the list goes on and on. He changed the world, so how can you not respect him as a leader? but he's an enigma to me about his leadership. And also had some very strange behaviors, like if you're feeling stressed, he would he'd walk around barefoot and he would soak his feet in the toilet bowl and then come and put his feet on your desk and try to pick up your pen and paper with those same feet. <laughs> It's in the movie, it's a real little, they kind of glide over it, but it is in the movie. I think everyone can agree that Oprah is authentic. She's really warm and caring to all her staff, shows empathy. So what do you think? Do you um, have to be ethical to be authentic? Do you think this model should gain popularity? And is it a style you'd like to embrace? That's our show for this week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. Check us out at ivy.com for life-changing advice and gatherings and the foremost thought leaders shaping our world today. For more information about the Ivy community and to find out about events happening near you, 
visit ivy.com and email us via membership at ivy.com. Dream big and stay inspired.